You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from His Word today. Take your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 22. Last week we entitled the message, Finding Christ in the Old Testament. And as we did that Old Testament search for the Lord Jesus, we found him everywhere, didn't we? We actually find him in every single book, not only of the Old Testament, but of the New Testament as well. You may remember that as we began the message last week, that I gave reference to a man by the name of Peter Stoner who wrote a book many years ago called Science Speaks. He was a scientist, he was a mathematics expert, and I don't want to go into all of his pedigree here this morning, we talked about that last week. But he had come up with over 300 references to Christ in the Old Testament. And of those 300 references, he said this, if you only take eight of those prophecies, of the 300, if you only take eight and apply them to the fulfillment of them in the person of Christ, you would come up with a mathematical equation of 10 to the 17th power. That is one in 100 quadrillion. Now that's a big number. And this is what he said. He points out that the mathematical probability makes it totally impossible that anyone other than Jesus Christ could ever have been the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And to that I say, Amen. Of all the types and pictures of Christ that we have in the Old Testament, I believe the most beautiful picture of Christ is when Abraham offered Isaac up on the altar. Peter said this concerning the presence of Christ in the Old Testament. He said, To him gave all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him should receive remission of sins. You may remember Jesus after his resurrection on the road to Emmaus. We referred to that last week. Meets up with the two disciples and he opens the scriptures to them and from the Old Testament scriptures he began to point out what was literally transpiring at that very moment and how he, the Messiah, was the fulfillment of all those Old Testament prophets and prophecies, and then they said this, did not our hearts burn within us while he opened unto us the scriptures and gave us the understanding of who he was. After that, it's now, you're still with me, it's Sunday evening, resurrection day. The report had come back to the disciples by the women and by these two disciples that Jesus had risen from the dead, and here they are, all the Disciples are gathered together in the upper room and they're fearing their own personal arrest. 
And so they're hiding out. And the Bible says all of a sudden, Jesus Christ appeared in their midst. And at first, they thought it was a what? They thought it was a ghost. That it was some spirit that had manifested itself. And Jesus said, wait a minute, I'm not a spirit. Stop and look. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. And then he said something interesting. Do you have anything to eat? And they said yes. And they gave him some boiled fish. I would have rather had fried fish, but boiled fish. And uh, then uh, they gave him some honeycomb. And Jesus ate there with them in the upper room. Now listen to this. Jesus addresses them. He said, these are the words which I speak unto you while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. That pretty much envelops the whole of the Old Testament. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures concerning him. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, the borrowed tomb, on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. We're going to take some time here this morning and read this account of what I believe is the most beautiful picture of Christ in the Old Testament, and that is as Abraham offered Isaac upon the altar. Let's stand, shall we? I'm going to approach this a little bit differently today. I'm going to read verse 1, you read verse 2, and we're going to read through verse 18 of Genesis chapter 22. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. The what day? And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? I love verse 8. God will provide himself a lamb. 
Verse 9, And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. Let's read verse 17 and 18 together. That in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Thank you, may be seated. And these shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. Someone has said this, and I agree with this statement. That what we find happening right here in Genesis 22 in the offering of Isaac upon the altar was nothing more than a dress rehearsal for Calvary itself. The gospel. Genesis 22 is not only a prophecy that points directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. But it is a prophecy that involves the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus himself. You say, what is the gospel? The Bible is very clear as to what the gospel is. You will even hear the world talk about the gospel. Even unsaved people will refer to the gospel. They'll say something like this. That's the gospel truth. But let me ask you a question. What is the gospel? The apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that this is the gospel. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. This gospel, the Bible says, was preached unto Abraham. And Abraham was the one that was instrumental in carrying out the beautiful picture of the gospel as he was willing to offer his son Isaac upon the altar. Jesus said these words, Our father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it. Where did Abraham see it? Right here in this beautiful picture that we have before us in Genesis chapter 22. The Apostle Paul says this, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, 
The same are the children of Abraham and the scriptures, listen, foreseen. Notice that word foreseen. We're going to come back to that. And the scriptures foreseen that God would justify the heathen through faith. Listen, preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Preach the gospel unto Abraham. Many would say, I have never seen the gospel in the Old Testament other than Isaiah chapter 53. No, no, no. The gospel was clearly preached to Abraham right here on the top of Mount Moriah. Abraham, who lived centuries before the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth. Number one, through the eyes of faith. Number two, because of his belief in the promises of Scripture. And number three, because of the typology or the picture of Christ seen in his offering of his son upon the altar was the gospel that was preached unto him. And the Bible said he became the father of all those that believe. How many of you here believe that Jesus died for our sin according to the scriptures? Believe that he was buried and that he rose again. How many believe that here today? You know what you are? The Bible says you are the children of Abraham. Amazing. So let's take some time this morning to look at the gospel as it was preached in this beautiful picture to Abraham as he offered his son. As I begin to think about this and really roll this all over in my heart and in my mind, I begin to think Isaac was a very special young man. Special to his father, very special to God himself. Turn back to Genesis chapter 18 with me, verse 9 through verse 14. Genesis chapter 18. As we are going to see, Isaac is a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus. And as I begin to meditate upon this passage of Scripture, I, I want you to understand something. Listen to me. Stop turning. Look at, look at preach right here. I need you to get this. There are, that I could find, that I saw myself. You may see more. But I, I saw 13 beautiful types. By types, I mean pictures of Christ that was manifested right here in this story concerning Isaac being offered by his father Abraham. The first beautiful picture that I saw is that Isaac's birth was prophesied. Back here in Genesis chapter 18, pick up with verse 9 with me. And they, there were three messengers sent from God to Abraham to tell him that Sarah was going to bear a son. One of those messengers was the Lord Jesus himself. It was what we call a theophanies, or an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. So we have the Lord Jesus himself appearing to Abraham, accompanied by two of his angels. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. Isn't that where women should be? In the tent, cooking supper. Not one amen came out of that. Right there. <laughs> said, behold, she's in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return. Now, again, I believe this is the Lord Jesus speaking here. I will certainly return 
unto thee according to the time of life. And though Sarah thy wife, what? Shall have a son. The birth of Isaac was prophesied. And Sarah heard it in the tent door. She was eavesdropping on the conversation which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Now if you compare that with other scriptures, we know that Abraham is 100 years old when these three messengers show up. Sarah is 90 years old. Okay? Now I want you to stop and think for a minute. 90 year old women do not have babies. 100 year old men do not make babies. Yes or no? Yes. But his birth is prophesied. And then it says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being also old? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child which I am uh, uh, old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I love that statement. Listen, is there anything too hard for the Lord? He is a miracle-working God. So here we see that Isaac's birth was clearly prophesied. Now let me ask you a question. Was Jesus' birth prophesied? His birth was prophesied by the angel of the Lord, and the birth of Jesus was prophesied by the angel of the Lord. The Bible says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Isaac's birth was prophesied. Jesus' birth was prophesied. Number two, the time of Isaac's birth was preset. God told Abraham and Sarah, look at verse 14 of this chapter, that Isaac would be born at an appointed time. Verse 14, and he said, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. There's going to be an appointed time and Sarah shall have a son. The Lord Jesus came into this world at an appointed time. The Apostle Paul said to the Galatians, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Number three, Isaac's conception was a miracle. Yes or no? It was a miracle. Again, Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah is 90 years old. 90-year-old women do not conceive. But you know what? Neither do virgins. As Isaac's birth was a miracle, so the birth of Christ was a miracle. A virgin shall conceive. Number four, Isaac's was named before he was born. He was named before he was born. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 19, And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name, what? Isaac. So before he was even born, 
His name was given to him before Jesus was born. Hello? His name was what? His name was also given to him by the angel of the Lord who said to Joseph, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Number five. Are you still following me here? Now to me, this is awesome stuff. Number five. Was Isaac, was counted as Abraham's only beloved son, the son of promise. Chapter 22, verse 1 through verse 2. He says this, and take thy son, thy what? What? I can't hear you, what? Thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee. Jesus Christ was also called God's only begotten what? It's amazing, isn't it? Number six. Isaac was offered up as a sacrifice for sin. Chapter 22 and verse 2. Offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee. God sent his only begotten son into this world to be an offering for what? To be an offering for sin. What the law could not do in that it was weak. God, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Number seven. Abraham and Isaac started up Mount Moriah but Abraham turned around to his servants and he said what? Stay here. You're not going up with us. You stay here. And Abraham said unto the young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and come again to you. As I stop to think about that, my mind goes to Gethsemane. What did Jesus tell his disciples to do? What did he tell them to do? Stay here. I'm going to pray and to worship my Father, and I will come back. Amazing typology that we find there. At this time, even though the Bible does not speak to this, I believe Isaac's mind began to become exceedingly troubled. Dad had left behind the servants. Now he's headed up to offer this burnt offering. And I'm sure, I'm positive Isaac is saying, what in the world is going on? We are supposed to offer an offering unto the Lord. My dad has the fire. My dad has the what? The knife. And my dad has the... But where's the offering? Where's the sacrifice? And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, this is where I believe he's troubled. My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? Where's the lamb? Dad, 
Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Was Jesus' heart and mind troubled as he faced the cross? If it be possible, Father, let this cup, what? Let this cup of suffering pass from me. But not my will, but thine be done. And he bled sweat drops of blood as he thought about the cross. I believe it's right here at this time that Isaac likely began to understand he was going to be the sacrifice. Now I want you all to stop and do your best to wrap your heart and mind around that. Isaac at this time was not a child. The Bible calls him a lad. And I had no idea exactly how old he was, so I looked up that word lad. Do you know it's the same word that's translated young men in verse 5? Verse 5 talks about the young men that went up. Verse 12 talks about Isaac being a lad. Same word in the Hebrew. So you know what that tells me? That tells me that he was probably in his mid to late teenage years. He was a young man now. How old is his father? Well over 100. He's probably at least 115 years old plus. Do you think Isaac could have outrun his father? Do you think that Isaac could have outpowered his father? Probably. You know what that tells me about this young man, this very special young man? He was willing to allow himself by his 115-year-old-plus father to be bound and laid upon an altar. To be sacrificed. I want you young people to look up here at me for just a minute. That's what you call obedience to your father. That was the trust that Isaac had in his father, that he was willing to obey his father even unto death. Does that remind you of anyone else who was willing to obey their father even unto death? Like Isaac, the Lord Jesus Christ willingly laid down his life. The Bible says, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life. Just as Isaac allowed himself to be laid down by his father upon the altar. He laid down his life. Jesus said, no man taketh my life from me, but I lay it down. And if I lay it down, I have power to raise it up again. As I thought about that, I thought about all the mocking and ridicule and shouting that Jesus experienced while he hung between heaven and earth and he paid the price 
for my sin and your sin. Save yourself! If you saved others, yourself you cannot save? If you be the Son of God, prove it! Come down from that cross! And they mocked our Savior as he hung there as the redemption for their sins. I want you to understand something. Jesus chose not to save himself. You know why? So he could save me and he could save you. Isaac was making a decision not to save himself. So he could be his father's sacrifice. Amazing. Number eight. Isaac went up to Mount Moriah carrying the wood for his sacrifice. What did Jesus go up to Calvary carrying? The cross for his sacrifice. And he bearing his cross, went forth into the place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. Number nine. The picture of the sacrifice and sufferings of Christ on the cross to me were clearly expressed by Isaac being offered by his father upon the altar. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Who was Jesus Christ sacrificed on the cross by? His Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Number 10, I begin to think of the cords that were used to bind Isaac. And as you look at cords in the Bible, you know what cords in the Bible represent? Sin. And how sin binds a person in its grasp. These cords that bound Isaac represent the unbroken power of sin in a person's life. And you know what Jesus did? He took away our cords And he allowed himself to be bound with the cords of sin. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him who his own self bore our sin in his body upon the tree. Amazing. Allowing himself to be bound by sin itself. Number 11, I thought about the knife. That was lifted by Abraham and was about to be 
plunged through the heart of his son. You know what that knife represents? Blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no what? Remission of sins. But the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses from all sin. I believe that knife that was held in Abraham's hand foretold the day when God would lay his own dear son upon the cross and offer him as a sacrifice for my sin and your sin as the wrath of an almighty God came upon his own beloved son. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Number 12. The wood not only to me speaks of the cross, but it speaks of the suffering that Jesus experienced on the cross. I cannot imagine what was going on in the heart and mind of Isaac as his father bound him and laid him upon that wood and lifted the knife. Not only do we have the sufferings of Christ, the sufferings of Isaac. I want you to understand something. I begin to think about this because I have seven boys. And I love every one of my boys. I love them all equally. And I'm here to tell you there's not one of my boys. I, I joke a lot and make fun about my boys. But there's not one of my boys that I would lay up on the altar and lift a knife and plunge it through their heart. I can't, for the life of me, even think about what was going on in Abraham's mind and heart when God said, you take your son up to that mountain. You talk about the sufferings of a father. Three days he had to wrestle with that. I think of the sufferings of God himself. As he turned his back on his son. And his son cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Can you imagine for a moment the broken heart of God the Father as he laid his son on the altar of the cross? So not only do we see the sufferings of Isaac and the sufferings of Christ, but we see the sufferings of Abraham and we see the sufferings of God the Father as well. And then there's number 13. And this is where I, I think that, and I don't want to stretch this at all, but I see this as 
Isaac figuratively being raised from the dead. Now we know that Isaac did not literally die because God himself provided a sacrifice for him. But I want you to listen to these verses, verse 3 through verse 4, chapter 22. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of the young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him then on the what? Third day. Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Three days. Saw the place. Just the way I approach scripture, I go, what place? What place? Mount. Hello? Mount Moriah. He saw the place. After three days. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if God told me that I had to sacrifice my son in three days, those three days would be the longest three days of my life. And in those three days, to me, my son would be as good as dead. Because I have to obey God. For three days... Isaac is dead in the mind of his father. Until the angel says, Abraham, Abraham, put down the knife. And Abraham resurrects. Hello, are you with me? He resurrects Isaac from off of the altar. Of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also, from whence also he received him in a figure, in a picture. The picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As he laid down his life on the cross, and three days later, he came out of that borrowed tomb. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, those are the 13 types or pictures of Christ that just emerged as I studied this passage of Scripture. But there's more. I know you thought the message was over. <laughs> Isaac was a very special son. But Mount Moriah was a very special place. In the Hebrew language, the word Moriah means foreseen of God. God made sure that that mountain carried the name Moriah. Foreseen of God. God foresaw that something very special was going to happen on the top of that mount. And it wasn't the offering of Isaac. But it was the offering of his son. Because Mount Moriah 
in the New Testament is not called Mount Moriah. It's called Calvary. In that very place where Abraham lifted up his son and laid him upon the altar, God foresaw that in the years to come, when the fullness of time was come, he would send forth his son and he would lay him upon the altar in the very same place. Isaac, God himself will provide a sacrifice for us. God himself not only provided that sacrifice for Isaac, he continues to this day to provide a sacrifice for all those who believe. Mount Moriah. Calvary. Calvary covers it all. There on that mount, Mount Moriah, Abraham and Isaac both were given a very special promise from God. And because of God's promise, Abraham said these words, this place will be called Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord will provide. You know why Isaac was not sacrificed? You know why? Because one day God foresaw that he would sacrifice his son. Not only for Isaac, but for the sins of the whole world. No longer, no longer was Isaac a symbol of the Savior. All of a sudden, God shifts the picture. And he's now a picture of the sinner in need of a Savior. Behold the Lamb. That ram was caught in a thicket. And as I stopped, I've never heard anyone say this before. I've never heard this ever preached before. But the ram was caught in the thicket. And I'm like, there's got to be some typology here. I mean, every sentence, there's typology all over this thing. What is, what is the typology of the ram representing Christ caught in the thicket? I looked up that idea of the thicket. You know what it was? It was a thicket of thorns. That ram was caught by its horns and its head in a thicket of thorns. What did they place upon the head of our Savior and beat it in with the rods as the blood flowed? Thorns. Mount Moriah. The Lord will provide. 
and he's still providing. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners that plunge beneath the flood. Hallelujah. We'll lose all their guilty stains. Thank God for his mercy, his grace, his love. Have you received it? Have you repented of your sin and put your full faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Let me tell you something, church family. You'll never, for the rest of your life, get away from this picture. What have you done with Christ? every head bowed and every eye closed. Number 47. In a moment, we're going to sing a song, Wounded for Me. Wounded for Me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, please, no one looking around. This is such a serious time right now. Souls will literally hang in the balance. But if you're here today and you've never, ever embraced God's sacrifice for sin in the person of His Son, the Lord Jesus, would you just slip your hand up right now and by the indication of your hand to say, you know, I'm not sure if I died I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure that I'm saved. Is there anyone like that here today? Anyone at all? Maybe you're here today and your life just has not, has not been sold out to that Christ who willingly laid down his life that you might live. And you like to say, Pastor, I just need a rededication of my heart and my life to the Lord right now, right here today, right here at fellowship. Here's my hand. Would you pray for me? Thank you. And yes, and yes. Anyone else? Thank you. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.